Welcome to the Biltmore Church Podcast. Our church exists to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus who reach up, reach in, and reach out. And this podcast is a resource that's hopefully going to help you do just that. My name is Christian Cooper. I serve on staff here. So excited for you to be watching and listening this podcast where we've been diving deep each week on some of the stuff that we've been talking about on Sundays. And we're in our year of worship right now as a church. Uh, We're obviously in the book of Psalms for our preaching series, which has uh, so much to say about worship. And that's what today's conversation is going to be yet again. I'm here today with a couple of great guys. I got James Myers. I I write down everyone's titles. I definitely need to write yours down. Our executive pastor of discipleship and engagement. There we go. It fits on the name card. Uh, and uh, so, James, so glad you're here. Front and Front back. And back. Yeah. You need both sides. Mine and, is way boring compared to that yeah, title. And, let me just, and Patrick Trawick, our Franklin campus pastor. <laughs> womp, womp, nah, womp. I'm just That's kidding, it. man. No, man. Uh, I'm excited to do this, have this conversation with you guys. We've been talking about this for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun to kick it off. So before um, we get into our main discussion today, we're going to be talking about uh, worship and community. So how does community feed into our worship in the middle of our year of worship? Um, but before we do that, let's just do a couple of uh, Sunday recaps, looking back on what God did in our church this past weekend, or really even over this whole series so far. The whole series, uh, the response culture, mm-hmm. down front, people hitting the altar, and the addition of our care team members laying hands and interceding has been phenomenal to sit back and watch that just take off. Uh, this week specifically, I, I took a lot of notes on Pat, uh, Pastor's first point, when God calls you back. But then that whole shift that I'm like, man, I read that and I didn't get that same takeaway. So I love it when I'm looking at, and it made, he focused on discipline. And discipline has the most negative connotation in our world today. Like you, Nobody should like discipline, right. yet God tells us he does that because he loves us. Seemed so foreign apart from a faith lens that you would actually lean into God it's loving to want to discipline you. And I'm a dad of three, yeah. right? You're like, no, no, no. It is because I want you someday to go on and be a great dad yourself. I have to discipline it's, you. It's not something that, that you enjoy doing, but you know for the, for the, for the end result, it's something you have to do yeah. in that moment as a parent. I'm sure God feels the same way. It's not something he enjoys, but it is an act of love that, that makes us more like Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That's great stuff. Yeah, for me, the thing, and it's it's a recurring thing we talk about from time to time in our church is um, this idea that, like, the enemy is going to speak lies over you. Mm-hmm. The solution is not to cover your ears up and go, you know, and try to drown it out or to ignore it, but, like, that's never going to work, but to replace those lies with the truth of the gospel and to, like, shout those things even louder, right. you know? So there's so many examples of that, like— we always use Romans eight one. You know, there's uh, so like enemies like you're condemned. It's like no 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 no. I got a scripture here. I'm gonna call upon this thing and, yep. and use it. So uh, there was just a ton of ton of great stuff so far. Uh, Pastor did a great job unpacking our text last weekend. I mean, Psalms is just it is so loaded. It it's is such a unique book. You and I were talking about this a minute ago. Just some of the uniqueness of um, leading people through the Book of Psalms versus yeah. another book of the Bible. I don't yeah. know if you want to rehash that. Love now. to because yeah. as a as a Connect group leader, it's not that every psalm builds on one another whatsoever. No. It's it's poetry, you know, right? And so as a as a if you want to be a teacher, Psalms is like your kryptonite because you're you're not. It's it's but it's so relatable. So if you come in with a posture of more facilitating and saying, guys, let's just open this up right. and let God speak, which is probably where we should lead from. That's the mm-hmm. that's the thing that I think I'm leaning into the most in this week six of Psalms, it's like, man, they all read and heard the same thing, and it's so relatable. If if David could open up his personal 
journal and that's what we get to that's jump into to and feel all those same things of abandonment and fear and then the highs and lows it's like man everybody can relate to that mm. absolutely yeah and I, I i wasn't here this past sunday i was <laughs> i was at the beach with true my confessions. family true confessions vacation sunday <laughs> but but i will agree with with what james said in in the fact that i we as as staff have have been talking about this really trying to build a, a response culture that right. our people are comfortable with and had tried some things and, and then really for Pastor Bruce and the care team to make that a point of emphasis to where now I feel like our people are okay coming yeah. down to an altar. And, and that's that really has been really cool during yeah. this whole series. Yeah. And we've had some great Sundays in the life of our church over these last few weeks. So, man, this past Sunday, if you weren't able to make it to church, I'd encourage you to go back and uh, you can watch that full service. You can watch the sermon. Be good for your soul and your journey with Jesus. And we're going to be on this journey for, I've already lost count of the number, several more weeks. It's, right. it's going to be all summer long and God's going to do some amazing things. All right, for our main discussion today, like we mentioned a minute ago, we're going to be talking about the role of community, biblical community, in the life of worship, and how these two things are so interconnected, and um, really, you can't separate these two things out, which is what we're going to talk about. But um, just to set up our whole discussion today, I want to narrow in a little bit, um, but the, the, the big question, first of all, is how would you guys define a biblical community. I know it's a word that we throw out there, but what does it actually mean? No, I, I love, that's a great foundation to lay because it is kind of churchy language, right? Because community's everywhere. Right. All right. So what we're saying is, but but this is biblical community. It's oriented around the Bible, scripture as authority. So it's it's people, and, and it's been called Sunday school, Bible study, connect groups, home groups, small groups, but it's people that want one another, the one another's of scriptures to be lived out. They want Patrick to sharpen me and make me better because I do life with him because I know him and we allow the Bible to be the foundation, not our emotions and feelings, but we let it orient our life. So it's a group of people that say, man, it's the authority over my life and help me live up to it because I know I can't. Yeah. Will you help me? You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there, there is community everywhere. Uh, I mean, take football teams, sport team. I know we're in the middle of the NBA finals yeah. playoffs right now but but they surround around that one thing right. that the common goal is man that team to win or whatever and so i think that it is the focus of man we're, we're focusing our lives around around jesus around what the scripture says and because we do that i think just naturally i mean even in in living in community with other believers that's going to come up in conversations just like they talked about in Acts, around the dinner table, around uh, around the, the pool this summer, wh whenever it is, so long as you're in that community together. And it, it all revolves around the church, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask next. You, you're walking right into that, which is what role do you think that community plays in the overall life of the church? How does it impact the individual? You know, you hinted at sharpening, but what does that look like on an individual level? It the way the New Testament would set it up, you can't have church without community. Mm. All right, I know there's like a, a debate right now with, with online church and church at home and the universal church. You just can't live out the one another's of Scripture. You, you, you can't care for one another if we're, if we're never together. And I'm grateful for seasons and I'm grateful for resources that allow us to continue to worship and stay engaged. 
but we all know highs and lows of life are promised. And I just don't want everybody waiting on when life falls apart, then I need people because you're missing out on the blessings of doing life. And I know that's such a token phrase, but it really is just as life happens. My life is filled right now with baby showers and wedding showers and weddings and that stuff because we're oriented around people. Our community is people and whatever's going on in their life. We move people in and out of their apartments and houses and we celebrate birthdays. We just, whatever life throws at us, we're doing that together. We deeply care for one another. And why would you want to live apart from that? When you look at Acts chapter two, when you look at the early church, I mean, they were, they were doing all the things that we're talking about. They were, they were gathering together for worship. They were meeting together in one another's homes. But then when you really want to talk about doing life, it says that they started selling their possessions so that others would not have need. Right now we, we kind of tend to think about that you know, very churchy because we're reading it from from the Bible. We kind of maybe think about offerings and stuff. But if you were to apply that to life now, what, what would that look like? Okay, that means that, all right, we've got some extra finances going, you know, because we were able to sell, fill in the blank. And you know what? They need something, and, and we're going to be able to help them. And yeah. so we're doing, or, or we should be doing, at least the same thing that the church has been doing for thousands and thousands of years. It hasn't changed. We may be interacting on social media, on a podcast like this. You know what? Life may be different, but you're essentially doing the same thing. You're worshiping. You're diving into Scripture. You're holding one another accountable, and you're just taking care of one another. It doesn't even have to be big things, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about parenting and chasing kids around from this ball practice to that swim practice <laughs> to this game. And it's like, yeah, some of our friends from our connect group is who we call. Hey, can, can, can you give yep. our, our, our kid a ride home, you know, or, or vice versa. So it, it is, it's so vitally important, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, so we don't have family in Asheville. I, right. I mean, I don't, and you're right, but God's always provided through the church, through community, mm-hmm. friends like family. And I, I yeah. just always, I'm, I'm just hurting for somebody that doesn't have that because you're missing out on the blessings of friendship, of community. And see, and, and the friendship, and, and we, again, think about it in, in if we talk about it in, in, in spiritual terms, all right? I, I think, not that we shouldn't hyper-spiritualize things, but I think for me, one of the things that I was like, oh, the, these people are doing life together. I can't remember exactly how, how long ago it was, but I remember when we launched the Franklin campus, this coming August will be 10 years. Wow. And so when we launched the Franklin campus, it, it wasn't like there was a group of people from another campus that went to go and start that. It was me, my wife, and our one-year-old son at the time. Yeah. All right. And so as, as we kind of got this thing off the ground and after we had been worshiping and gathering and people were serving together and after they were in community, I remember very vividly uh, a group of people who have a bunch of RVs. They were like, hey, we're going to be gone for a month. And these were like four of our best wow. volunteers, four of our best retired couples at the Franklin campus. And they were like, hey, we're going to be gone for a month. We're going to travel the country in an RV. And these people had no connection to one another prior to the biblical community that was provided through the Franklin campus. And then all of a sudden, I mean, that's a serious, you got to love one another. (laughs) You got to, you got to be having fun if you're going to go out for a month. You do. (laughs) And then then of course they sent me pictures along the the, the whole time, just rubbing it in. But it, it was when that happened that as a pastor who basically helped launch this campus from the ground up, it's like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, these people are part that to me, that was the moment that I was like, 
we've got some authentic biblical community here. Yeah. These people are taking care of one another. They're having fun together. They're living life together. So yeah. I think Pastor Bruce has that saying. It's, it's where big church becomes small. Right. And that's what it was. I mean, the, the church, the Franklin campus community facilitated relationships that otherwise wouldn't have right. happened without yeah. that in common. Yeah. And not to, to, to step on anyone's toes too hard, but you know, if we, we've all had the conversations where someone's come and essentially said like, ah, oh, Biltmore church is just such a big church. It's just too big. And nine times out of 10, we turn around and go, well, have you found a group? Right. And often the answer is no, right? Yeah. Because they haven't found that community within the larger gathering that helps some of that. Um, Patrick, I want to go back to, to some of the things you just said a minute ago. Uh, you've been the Franklin campus pastor for 10 years now. So awesome. Wow. Time flies, though. Time <laughs> flies crazy. and you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just uh, talking through some of that community, that was such a good foundation for a biblical community. How have you seen that um, influence and impact the worship experience in particular for those people? I mean, you get to see it every week people who are coming in the doors and experiencing community, but also experiencing worship within that. So, so what would you say of some of the things you've seen? I, I, I think, again, I, as far as it being rewarding and, and, and fulfilling for me as a pastor, um, when, we, when we showed up 11 years ago now, um, there are a lot of people with a lot of church hurt all right, in, in in Franklin, some of it for legitimate reasons, maybe some of it not. You know, that's that's not really here nor there. But you, you had a group of people that did not have a church home at the time, and and that was what we said from 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 the start of like, look, I'm not I'm not going down here to help launch a campus to to try to pull a bunch of people from another church or something like that. I, I want people who don't have a church. Mm-hmm. I want people who don't know Jesus. And so to, to see these people who, who I consider family, who have walked with me through some of my most challenging life, uh, challenging parts of life over the past 10 years, to know that they, that they have a place to go and worship, to call their own, to take such joy and pride in, in, in serving on a, on a reach team somewhere, inviting somebody to come and worship and, and, and being excited when they see a new person come be a part of their church and worship with them. And I, I think that goes back to, to, I mean, we're in the middle of Psalms, and I, I'm getting ready to, to preach Psalm 34 this week. I mean, Psalm 34, 4, out of the gate. I mean, it just says, mm-hmm. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. With, yeah, yeah and, and, and let's exalt his name together. And, and so, so much fulfillment for me knowing that Prior to Biltmore having a campus there, for whatever reason, people didn't have a church home. And now these people who love Jesus dearly have a place to gather with the other believers in that area to worship. So, mm-hmm. That's good. And just to zoom in even farther, James, part of your role here is obviously helping to equip our groups, different types of groups that we have here. And, and uh, so you get to see, you're, you spend a lot of time with group leaders, but also people who are looking for groups, people who are in groups. And so have you seen that community environment enhance people's worship from your seat in the same way as what Patrick is saying from his seat as a campus pastor. Oh yeah. So, um, two Sundays ago, a member comes and tells me a story. And again, we've been talking about our response culture, people hitting the altar and allowing others to pray over them, not knowing what's going on, but just trusting Holy spirit to intercede on their behalf. And this person comes to me and you can tell they've been crying. And I'm like, oh gosh, what's going on? And they said, I just got to let you know, I just left my connect group, my 915 connect group. And we've got a personal kind of thing going on. And my connect group stopped and laid hands on me. 
So they are living out what we're asking us to do corporately. They're living, I mean, again, big church got small right there for them. And they could pray in a way because they know that family. They could pray in a way that we couldn't from a, from a worship center, from the front, right? And really love on them. And I just was like, gosh, God, it really is multiplying. The gospel is changing us. And it's not just some performance-based thing. Because I think a lot of times you think Biltmore's a big church and it's all just a show. And, and just in a moment, I said, thank you, God, because we've worked hard to develop this. You don't get that culture accidentally. Right. You, right. you absolutely no. not. It's been prayer, intentions, training, all kinds of stuff from our leaders down. And I just was like, thank you, God. Not one pastor was present in that room, but yet we've equipped saints to do the work of ministry to write their intercede. And I just like, Lord, you are transforming our church to make us a people who pray expectantly. And I just, I was in and, awe of it. And, and I think that is sometimes a misconception for, uh, uh, of people that look at, at churches or church leaders to think, man, they, they want this, they want this big church. I mean, I, I hear the same thing too. Built more so big, built more so big. And I think what, what sometimes they don't realize is how much time we spend trying to make this a smaller place Absolutely. to where people can interact of, of offering as many opportunities as we possibly can for people to find that authentic biblical community that they can lock arms with and live life with. Yeah. So let's, uh, we'll be a little more confrontive uh, with this next question and kind of start really digging into some of these ideas here. But do you guys think you can actually truly experience spiritual growth and maturity without being involved in a local church. And by involved, I don't mean, you know, I, I come every now and then, but like actually in a community, you're doing life with other believers in that church. Is it even possible? Or if it is, you know, what are the what are the ups and downs of that? Scripture is is layered with warnings against isolation. Mm. I mean, gosh, it just let's take the same, let's talk about David. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. talk about what happened when he didn't go into battle when he stayed back and he got lazy and he isolated himself. Look what happens when we pull back. Like only we know apart from the grace of God, what we are capable of when we're left to ourselves. Yeah. I need people pulling me along, making me better, reminding me, right. My marriage, my ministry, this all matters. And gosh, it, it would be so challenging. Now, now could God drop us on a desert Island and all we had was scripture and you were forced to live that out. You'd survive, but you're missing out on all the blessings that community brings out in our life. I, I, I I'll go ahead and say, I don't think you can. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't think you can. Now COVID forced us into, um, in, into a, an environment where we, we couldn't physically be, with, with people face to face. And I think that we did the best that we could utilizing the tools that we had phone text, Lord knows mm -hmm. everybody spent their amount of time on zoom. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I can just share part of my personal story. I, I know that for me during, during that time, and I know everybody had had a lot of struggles during COVID, but I'm just talking about my role as a pastor right. and, 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 um, and then my connection with the people there in Franklin, it, it was, I want to be very careful. It's, it, I, did, I wasn't in depression, but it was depressing. Mm -hmm. All I wanted to do was be with the people of, of Franklin. And, and, then, and then last year I had some things come up to where I wasn't able to spend a lot of time with, with the people there at the Franklin campus. Just with We had family illness, death in the family, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and same kind of thing happened of like, I, I just want to be 
be with with the people. And you see that even in the life of Paul. I mean, whenever he was wrapping up his final missionary journey and and telling, "Hey, I'm I'm going to I'm going to Jerusalem, then I'm going to go here, and I'm going to go there, and I don't know what to expect. I just know that the Holy Spirit has told me that there's going to be affliction and imprisonment everywhere I go. Uh, but he was, he was so driven to go back to Ephesus and Corinth and Rome and all these places that he had played a part. And, and I kind of felt that, that same way of like, okay, maybe, maybe this is what Paul felt of like, yeah. I just want to be with the people. And so you can go to all kinds of scripture. I mean, a a popular one that we throw out there is Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, which is, you know, let us not forsake the gathering of ourselves together, but let's get together and and stir one another on. It's it's hard, you know, Paul's exact words, let's not neglect to meet together. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot more context in that passage there in in Hebrews 10, but, but it's, it's not so out of context that that doesn't apply. And yeah. so I know that's a really, really long answer to, to answer. Can sure. that exist without meeting? And, and I just technically, yes, we did it during COVID, right? but technically no. And, and I just don't believe that, that, that the Holy, if the Holy spirit truly dwells within the life of a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit will testify to the fruits of the Spirit and will long to be right. with God's people. Mm, that's that's great feedback. I think the thing for me I've always thought about is like, you know, you may you may begin a relationship with Jesus. You may be able to, like you said, like almost like a desert island, you could be dropped somewhere with Scripture and you can grow, but you're putting a serious, very low ceiling, a lid on that spiritual growth yeah. that you're really not going to be able to move on. And a lot of that is because of all the things you guys have said, we're holding each other up, we're, we're building each other, we're sharpening each other. The best illustration um, that I've, I've, at least for me personally, that I've ever heard on this idea is the sequoia trees um, out in California, mm-hmm. the redwood forest. What's so cool about those things, I mean, they're, they're amazing, right? They grow up to like 300 feet tall. You can drive a car like through the trunks of some, I mean, yep. they're huge, right? Um, but they have two things. They have really small seeds, really small seeds, and their root system is incredibly shallow. So you're never going to find them in isolation because what happens is if you were to look underground, those trees, their roots are interlocking with one another. Right. So the reason they're able to stand up during the storm, during when the bottom falls out, when there's a fire, when there's wind, is not because their root system is so deep, but because it's interlocked with the trees around them. Um, and, I, I mean, you guys have probably good, seen this yeah. so many times in believers' lives where – you, you mentioned it earlier. It's like if you wait until the bottom falls out, it's too late because you don't have that community around you. Um, and so seeing how that builds up, and I, and I think of my own connect group. They've lifted me up. They've encouraged yeah. me. They've challenged me. They've rebuked me, all those things. Yeah, I, I was sitting as you were saying that. I was like, well, yeah, we see that as pastors, but, hey, I've lived that. Yes. I've lived that. Right. Like I, I've got that group of people around me that – when the bottom does fall, and this has happened, mm-hmm. where they get the call at midnight and they and they say, "We're on our way," before asking why, we're on our way, and and to cry with us and laugh with us and all those things. It, it, it but it, I was just sitting here thinking. I think there is a certain level of vulnerability that that you have to kind of put out there in in a connect group or even even in a corporate worship gathering, because let's think about it. How many times are we maybe uncomfortable to sing because we don't 
feel like we can sing yeah. or, you know, we, we don't really know what to do with our hands, how to, <laughs> how to worship. Yeah. And so, but it's, it's just like, okay, if you go into a connect group, you're not going to probably pour your, your heart out the very first time you go there. That, that takes time. All right. And I think the same could be true when you gather together for worship. It's like, okay, maybe Biltmore or wherever you're worshiping doesn't look like the worship that I came from. So now where, what am I comfortable with? There's a certain level of vulnerability that you have to kind of just be okay with. But what I would say, what, what my wife and I have always said is the risk is all has always been worth the reward. Wow. As far as to make yourself vulnerable, to put yourself out there. It's been our experience. Sometimes you get burned. Yeah. That's just life. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the reward of making ourselves vulnerable that way far outweighed any time we've ever been burned. The payoff of being that closely connected. And again, I keep going back to talking about groups, but I think it's applicable, you know, to, to, to Sunday worship as well. Because, yeah. again, you, you talk about, you know, of why it's important to meet regularly. To yeah. get, so, so that there's this level of comfortability there to where, you know what, I... I'm okay to sing my, you know, Ken knows I can't sing. I'm going to sing anyway. Yep. You yep. know what? And, and, and Betty doesn't care if I raise my hand. It's like, you know, people, you're, you're doing what the scripture says. You're coming to worship the Lord together. And, and I just think that's super important. Yeah. Well, Chris, this morning, uh, Psalm 42, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you, right? And so a, a thirsty deer that's been running, that's longing for that water, that, that kind of longing for God to be in his presence. So there's your corporate worship, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're longing for God, we're longing for the things that God loves, that he values, that's important to him. God exists in community, right? The Trinity, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like if anybody could do it as a lone ranger. So if you think you can be holy enough to do life alone, then you're holier than God or holier than Jesus who also didn't try to walk alone. So it's like, absolutely not it's not a sign of weakness it's actually following his example that is the best possible way you could live that's such good feedback i mean in in jesus he had a group of 12 you know and Mm -hmm. one betrayed him they all denied him but right right Right. but you're right but but it was worth it because look we're here today right right peter james these guys did something with that right exactly yeah and you can't find a person in our church who you know walked through something and they're on the other side of it that, that wouldn't point to people around them. Uh, and I think about, to your point earlier about worship, I'm, you know, I'm in worship, I look down, and I see the person on that row a few seats down from me that I know what they just went through, I know what they're going through, and to see them basically <laughs> lay that down at God's feet to, propels me forward. To, to, to sit on the front row, to, to turn around and see the husband who has brought his, his kids to church on his own, because the wife doesn't want anything to do with church. And you see that guy worship his guts out. Or to see the woman whose husband just left her still bring her kids and just be at an altar at the end of the service. It's like, okay, there is something powerful about God's people getting together, singing to him, opening his word together, that that the, that the Holy Spirit does some work there that, that I don't think can happen anywhere else. So I want to address with the thing you said right there at the end of that, 
um, coming out of this season of COVID where so many things changed and, um, you know, we have all these great tools and gifts that we can use now with technology, but um, there's some clarifying points here, I think, with how we talk about technology and community. Um, And so first part of this question, and then we'll talk about the other side, is how have you guys seen technology, um, you know, things like Zoom, things like social media, internet, whatever, things like a resource like this, um, be used to strengthen and expand that sense of community within a church. And then we'll, we'll turn around and talk about maybe some of the difficulties of that. It, it was a lifesaver during COVID. And, um, and, and, and I think, I think coming out of COVID now, honestly, um, it, it, it maybe was kind of the routine just to look at a phone and, and carry on. And I know a lot of people, even in their jobs, I realize have, have never gone back to the office Corporations started restructuring the way that their entire organization worked so that people could work from home so that they wouldn't have the overhead of an office space. So I, I'm very much a little bit old school. I, I, I don't like to order clothes online. I, I like to go and try it on. Right. Like I, so I admit that. I realize even though I am a millennial, I am an elder millennial, <laughs> okay, um, that, that – but but here here's here's where the Lord honestly because I, I didn't want to sound too much like a, this new technology this that, and the other <laughs> I, I see my kids all three of them eight twelve sixteen all know how to how to operate all this stuff yeah. so much better than I did at, at their age but I see them making connections with their friends um, and I'm like okay. I don't need to to kind of bash this technology just just because I don't communicate that way and just because I don't like to order mm-hmm. clothes online. My wife orders enough clothes for both of us online, you know. Um, so I think that there, I think that, that that's something that that the that a new generation of church leaders really needs to tap into and figure out how you can still do all the things we've talked about, stirring one another to love and good works, accountability discipline Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because you can maintain a certain level of anonymity on online and 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 social media and places like that and we've spent some time talking about how that's not healthy so I don't know that I have the answers I I know that I'm just saying I think that I'm beginning to see that there is there's fields white to harvest there Mm -hmm. in 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 that world and uh, and and I want to support some new young church leaders that that paved the way you know to Mm -hmm. to reach people there and i want to learn from people that are using those tools now uh to to enhance their community you know so i I don't i don't know how you would handle that one james (laughs) i I think it's a great question because it would seem like if we're in the camp that's pro in-person gathering we'd be anti-technology and they're not enemies right right It, it could enhance community so let's use it to enhance um, I forgot where I read a stat recently that you go back to our generation, 10, 15, 20 year anniversaries for your school, your graduations mm-hmm. are on the decline. Nope, nobody, nobody's doing those anymore. Do you know why? Because they're staying connected virtually. Yeah. So there wasn't this longing, this absence, you know, that it happened. If your connect group, if, you, if your biblical community really only meets and keeps up with one another once a week, you really don't have a great group. But if Facebook and Instagram and fill in the blank help me feel connected to you between meetings, I feel like I'm growing with you and celebrating mm-hmm. what your family is doing or what's going on without 
Telegram and without my texting, without all these things, I don't know, you know, what's that's all technology. It's helping me know how to pray for somebody in the moment and not wait six more days so they can bring us all up to speed. So what what if it's feeding the in-person gatherings? What if we're using it to enhance and stay more connected? I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think about, I mean, the early church, one of the, the ways that the early church expanded and exploded so quickly was the, the system of Roman roads at the time right. that were way ahead of their time. And so people, believers were traveling all over the empire quickly because of technology is not the right word, but advancement in that way. And right. so what I'm hearing you say is that like, it can help feed. It that's is right. not the community within itself necessarily, but it can help feed you it's in a vehicle. that direction. And I think that's a good clarity statement, especially for millennials, is that we can confuse connectivity with community. Yes. And they're not necessarily they're not the, the same, same thing. thing. They are not necessarily right. the same They're thing. not enemies, but they're not the exactly. same. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Okay, so just to, to wrap up and really get practical for some people watching and listening today, I would love to hear from you guys about um, how would you encourage people listening, people watching, to practically grow in their biblical community? Now, I know we have people all over the map, some people who are like, you know, I'm the person you were talking about that isn't. You've got people who are who have been in community for a long time, but just kind of across the board, what practical steps would you guys uh, give to people? I, I think that it it is, you know, to, to steal the catchphrase from Nike, just do it. You know, what, what I normally tell people at Franklin whenever they're kind of either coming through starting point or whatever, I, I talk about the importance, as we do at all of them, about find a group. And I always kind of make it lighthearted, but I, but I really mean this. I say, go try a group. If you don't like it and you come back and say, that group was weird, I was like, that's fine. We'll help, find, we'll help you find another group. Yeah, yeah. If you come back after that one and you say, ah, that group was weird too, that's fine. We'll find you another group. Now, if you run through all the groups and you say they're all weird, then maybe you should just start your own group, you know. <laughs> maybe you're weird. Your maybe, own weird maybe, group. Maybe, <laughs> I, that's actually the words I use, your own weird group, because yeah, we're all yeah. weird. Right. We all got our, our, own quirks, our own type. And so I, I would say, you know, I think what I see is that people maybe try a group or two and then and then kind of give up on it. And, and maybe they do that in the course of a month or so. I, again, going back to some of the things I talked about, I, I would I would stick it out as you know for a while, try a group for a while, and see is this maybe not instant chemistry right out of the right out of the gate, but you know, um, can I be vulnerable with these people? Could, could I, you know, maybe not share my life story right out of the gate, but can I trust these people because I think that's important? And then if if you can't, then let's try another group. And then there's other avenues as well. I, I know that a lot of our reach teams. Um, I mean, they're, they're, I see community happen in those. I mean, they, they, they're, they're living life together, encouraging one another. And I, it's like these people have a, their friends and community over here, part of the reach team. And then they've got another group of friends over here with their connect group. Yep. So I would say, man, just, just try a connect group, try a reach team. And then and you just come to worship. Yeah. Just, just, just do it. Just be there. Maybe try to sit in the same general area, mm, you know, uh, and kind of get familiar with, with the, I mean, we don't yep. have assigned seats or anything, but it's yeah. like, you, again, you, you kind of, oh, that's James, that's, that's Christian. Hey, man, how you doing? It, that'll, that'll, it'll start with small talk, but who knows? You, you may dive into some deeper community mm. in that scenario, too. Those are all great ideas. So I feel like Patrick nailed reach up in and out there with worship <laughs> yeah. groups and serving. Um, what I love every time we do a book study. I've been doing this a while, Jim. <laughs> you got that now. Ten years, right? You're nailing it. Um, I'll go to spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that we are reading through Psalms. I'm, I'm doing it. 
I'm mm-hmm. on the reading plan. Yeah. And I know that corporately we're doing it. We challenged our staff, staff to do it. So our discussions are more aligned than they ever would before because at any moment we're somewhere in our scripture reading and whatever, and that's Holy Spirit. We'll trust him to lead and guide us, whatever. But man, when I'm walking through that corporately, when we're walking through that as a group, um, and just personally, this morning I felt the weight of some meetings and decisions and stuff that's coming on. And I think because I'm in Psalms and I'm seeing the vulnerability of David, I had to hit my knees in my office. And I mm-hmm. wish I could tell you I did that more, but like in my office, I felt the weight of my day building because I'm being impacted by David's humility and transparency. And I just had to pour my heart out to God. And I believe that's God using corporate community, but also personal private time with the Lord. And he's shaping my heart. I mean, I'm, I've been doing this 20 years and he, I, I'm not done. I'm still yeah. growing. I don't get to graduate from this. I'm still a disciple of Jesus. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's just like, you can, you just got to jump in sometimes, you right? Do. Just got to jump right in. Let me encourage everybody listening mm-hmm. as we kind of wrap up. Uh, James, your team has done such a good job of making this as easy as it could possibly be to go back to Patrick's point about just just try a group. Right. If you go to builtmorechurch.com slash groups, yep. it is the simplest tool in the world. You can go through, you can look at the groups, you can decide, you can see which, like what maybe what their age group is, that there are people in that group. Where do they meet? Do they meet on Sundays? Do they meet during the week? You know, what's what's the dynamic of the group? And you can just click a button and that leader will reach out to you and help get you connected. I mean, what could be easier than that? Um, So let me encourage you, if you're you're watching, you're listening today and you've been feeling that conviction of the Holy Spirit, like, hey, I need more community in my Mm -hmm. life. What a great place to start. Uh, Builtmorechurch.com slash groups. I'm realizing, and I knew it before, really realizing in this moment that all three of us are very passionate about this topic. And it's, it's really hard to like put a pin in it. We were worried about not not having enough to talk yeah, about. Oof, man, I mean, who knows if even we were so excited. I don't know if anyone can even understand us. We're so pumped up about this. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll stop here today. Uh, thank you guys both so much for coming on and providing some helpful wisdom for our people about community and worship and how those two things play into each other. Um, and then to everybody watching, listening, I hope you've been encouraged. I know I've been encouraged today hearing these guys talk about um, God's work through a lot of these areas. So I hope you're feeling the same thing. That's the goal of this podcast. And we'll catch you guys this weekend at one of our campuses. We'd love to have you there. As always, you guys know how to do it. I, one time I asked everyone to do it at the same time, and it was a miserable failure. Like none of us could line it up. So I'll just say it, but you guys know it. You're loved and you're sent. <laughs>